This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I can do what the Word says I can do. I, I am where the Word says I am. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, and I'm who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Today my mind's alert. My spirit's receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life's changed for the better, and I'll never be the same again. Amen. Well, you may be seated, and uh, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 31 today. And I love this passage. When I was a young woman, I kind of uh, avoided looking at that passage too much because I just thought, you know, who can be like this woman? But uh, I want to say now, today at my age, I see many such women all around me, and I see them here in this congregation. I see them in my family. And I know many, if not all of us, would say, this was my mother. And so uh, we honor our mothers today. Amen. 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 And so because of that, and I'm sure everyone here had a mother or has a mother, this relates to all of us today. Ready for the word? Proverbs 31, beginning in verse 10. The wife of noble character, or as the Jewish women's Bible calls her, a woman of valor. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax, and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. How many of you moms have ever gotten up while it's still dark? To do what you need to do for the family. She provides food for her family <clears throat> and portions for her servant girls. <clears throat> she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. How many of you moms have worked through the night? I know there's many that have, if not all, many. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. What does she wear? Strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. 
Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned. Let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So this morning we're talking about women and womanhood and mothers and motherhood. And as we begin, I want to say some things about it, about our, who we are and what we do in the home. And I want to start by saying happiness is a choice. We can choose to be happy or we can choose to be grumpy. Cheerfulness is a choice. And we can choose to be cheerful just like we can choose to be grouchy. Understanding is a choice. Just like stubbornness is a choice. Kindness is a choice. Just like being hurtful is a choice. Love is a choice. Just like being hateful is a choice. The word of God tells us the wise woman builds her house. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 1 tells us the wise woman. What kind of woman? The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish woman tears hers down. So we're talking about that wise woman today. And if you're taking notes, our first point, a woman of valor has courage. She encounters danger with firmness and personal bravery. She is fearless and brave. This wife of valor, this wife of noble character is so valuable, her husband can't do without her. Her husband has, what does the Bible say here? Full confidence in her, and he lacks nothing of value. His heart is safe with her. She brings him only good all her days. She protects her marriage. She protects her marriage. Those verses there, Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 12, a wife of noble character who can find. She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her. How much confidence? Full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. So this woman of valor is exemplary. She has courage. She can encounter danger with firmness and personal bravery. She is fearless and brave, but she is a wife who is worth more than all the precious jewels one could find. Her husband has full confidence in her. He doesn't lack anything. He can trust his heart with her. And this is so important in marriage because if we can't have full trust with one another in marriage as husband and wife, then we really don't have the unity, the oneness in our marriage that we ought. Marriage is more than just two people coming together uh, physically. Marriage is about a man and a wife coming together in every way, spiritually, in their souls, and physically. And so that throughout the marriage then, the husband should be able to have influence in the wife's life, in her soul and in her heart, and the wife should be able to have influence in her husband's life, in his heart, and in his soul as well. But that's why in a great marriage, in a Christian marriage, you, as you age, as you grow old together, you ought to be able to become so much one 
that it's no difference hearing the husband speak as it is hearing the wife speak. In other words, we're so in one, we're so in tune, we're so in agreement, we've matured together in the Lord, but also in who we are in our character that we're just one. Do you see that? Have you ever known a marriage like that? Have you seen a marriage like that? It's a beautiful thing. And God created marriage, and he created the family. He created marriage and the family before he created any other covenant. So it's important not only that we understand how it is to be, but that we grasp it and are able to do it in the course of our lives here on earth. So she's valuable, and she brings her husband good and not harm all the days of her life. So even though we grow old together and we might find times we're a little cranky, we choose not to stay cranky. We choose to get happy and to be a blessing to each other and to uh, make each other's lives better and, and more wonderful. It's a wonderful thing, this covenant of marriage. And it's a wonderful thing to be a woman and to be a mother and to be what God created us to to be. Can you say amen, ladies? Amen. amen. And number two, a woman of valor is strong. Say strong. strong. She has strength of mind and spirit and body. She's strong. This wife provides for her family good food and good clothes. She creates a blessed environment in the home for her family to have a sanctuary by her vigorous work. Let's look at that part of the passage again, beginning in verse 13 of Proverbs 31. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still dark, and she provides food for her family. How many of you moms have nursed and fed a baby through the night? Amen. Everyone, if you ever had a baby, you did. And she puts out portions for her servant girls. Now, I want to pause here for a moment and just say, you husbands need to be mindful of your wives. If they're, if they're juggling their work and they're juggling the home and then they're juggling more than one or two babies at least, you, you need to understand, if you have not provided servant girls for her, <laughs> then guess what? You're the, other two pair, you're the other pair of helping hands in the home. Oh, I want to hear something better than that. You know, I applaud our son because God had put it in his heart before he was ever married that he wanted a lot of children. And I thought, okay, God bless you. I, I, I prayed for the right woman for him, the right wife, and he found her, he got her, and I pray for them all the time. But I, I am so proud of him and how he has stepped to the plate in the home and done what was necessary so that at the course of a, after the course of a, a long, long day, that his wife can actually lay her head down on the pillow next to him, and because he's, he's been that extra pair of helping hands to make sure everybody gets in bed at least by the deadline, you know, at least by 8.30 or whatever the deadline is, so that she's not up till 1 or 2 in the morning trying to get everything done and being so exhausted. And that's coming from the mothership. That's coming from me. 
and I applaud my son, and I applaud my daughter-in-law today. And I know my son-in-law is the same. He helps, and he does what he can to be a help and a blessing in the home. That doesn't mean the, their wives expect them to do it all, but just to be, when they're there, at that, just that extra pair of hands. Now, if you are one of the men, and you have provided servant girls, God bless you. That makes everybody's life easier. But since we're technically living in an era where servant girls are not the norm, <laughs> then that's okay too because uh, we only have one granddaughter who has already asked for servant girls, Michaela. And she thinks everybody should have servant girls because apparently she doesn't like her chore list. But that's okay <laughs> because we just have to do what we have to do to make it work in the home, right? And however you make it work is good for you. Now, my husband and I, you know, we're very old school. We had two children, and um, even though he might forget some things, there were many times he was very helpful with our first baby. He was very helpful when our daughter came along, although he did say that when Christina came along, the noise in the home didn't just double, it quadrupled. Now, I don't know. But, you know, second-borns have a tendency to want to be noticed more because, you know, there's already three other people there when they arrive, and then so forth and so on. But let's go back to our passage here. So verse 17, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor. She's a generous lady. She's a generous lady. No matter how much she's juggling in the home or at work or whatever she has to do, she notices others, and she takes note of the needs of others. And when she can and where she finds the need, she's a blessing, and she extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband, notice this, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She's not an embarrassment to him. She's not an embarrassment to him. She's not an embarrassment to him when she goes with him to the, his office Christmas party. She's not the gal that gets drunk and starts going, woohoo, woohoo. You know, she's a, she's a virtuous woman. She's what? The wife of what? Noble character. Say noble. Noble character this lady's got. And so he's respected. She makes linen garments <clears throat> and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She's a good business lady. She does what she's good at and what she's gifted to do and what uh, her hands find to do. She's clothed with strength and dignity and she can laugh at the days to come. So she's strong. She str has strength of spirit, mind, and body. And point number three, a woman of valor has wisdom. Say, she is one smart cookie. She, is one smart cookie. she has wisdom. What are we saying? What are we saying with our words? What, what kind of words, moms, are coming out of our mouths in the home? Wives to our husbands and to our children. What kind of words are coming out of our mouths? Is it faithful instruction? Are our words words of wisdom accompanied with corresponding action? I mean, do our words, do what we say, does it line up with what we're doing? You know, our kids are so smart. All of our kids, everybody's kids. Kids are so smart. They know more than we think they know. 
at a very young age. And they know if we're, as the, uh, they used to say in cowboy westerns, you know, you speak with a forked tongue or, you know, you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. You're saying one thing, but you're doing another. So, ladies, we need to make sure that we're true to our word. We're true to our speech. You know, that faithful instruction is upon our tongues when we give advice to our husband, when we give advice to our children or our grandchildren. We need to make sure we're giving them godly advice. We're giving them advice based on the word of God. We're giving them advice that will lead them in the way they should go and be a blessing to them and strengthen them and help them in this walk of life. So we want to speak with wisdom. Proverbs 31 verses 26 to 27, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not lazy. Say, she's not lazy. She does what she has to do. She does what's necessary. And sometimes there's more work than at other times. And, and ladies, I just want to encourage you all. You have to find your balance. You have to find your balance. And uh, your balance is not the same as my balance. And everybody has to find what works for them as far as uh, how they go about things, to get their job done, their work done, and to get their household ship shape and in order, and to feed everybody, and uh, uh, you know, to get it all done. You have to find your balance. You have to find what works for you. And what worked for my mom back in the, when I was growing up, back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, that's a little different than what works for me. And so everybody's gotta find what works for them, and work it that way. But she's no lazy lady. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So she's a hard worker. And I applaud all you women because I, I know so many of you well and you're very hard workers. And the proof is in the pudding they say and I see that in your family. I see that in your children as they're growing up and grown. I see that in the results of your life and I applaud you today on this Mother's Day, 2023. So she's a great lady. She's a strong lady. She's courageous. She's strong. She, she's not afraid. She doesn't uh, shrink back from, from the job that needs to get done, from the hard work. She's a great lady. And point number four, a woman of valor is righteous. Say righteous. She knows God and trusts in him and in his word. She knows God and trusts in him. She has the help of the Holy Spirit to love and minister to her husband and children. You can't do it without him. You can't do it without him. I mean, you can. I know women who do, but uh, it's, it's, it's hard. It's kind of a hard road to hoe. And uh, to have the Holy Spirit living in our hearts as Christian women, it makes life so much easier and it makes the relationships in our life that we deal with so much easier, loving one another, loving our spouses. You know, I know there's times all of us are not very lovable, and so we need the Holy Spirit of God to walk in love, don't we? And we need the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and words to speak. And for those of you ladies sometimes that face difficulties with uh, situations in the marriage. You know, you go to the Word of God, and the Word of God will have your answer. First Peter chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 5. The Word of God gives us counsel as, as wives or as husbands and how we're to treat our spouse, 
how to we're to love our spouse, how to we're, we're to respect our spouse, and what we're to do and what we're not to do, and how we're to approach difficult situations. The Word of God and the help of the Holy Spirit always have our answers. So go there first. Go there before you go to ask your uh, single skanky girlfriend at the job. <laughs> go to the Word of God first. And, and let me say this, uh, you know, be wise. We talked about the wife and protecting her marriage and her husband has full confidence in her. Don't bring people into your home that you do not have full confidence in. Don't bring people in your home to be around your husband and your children that you do not have full confidence in. I have seen homes destroyed by people be, not being discriminating in their friendships and in their fellowships and who they allow access into the home. Be wise. Be wise as a serpent. That doesn't mean you have to be rude to people, but it doesn't mean you need to give them a bed and board. So be wise. Be a wise wife. Be a wise mother. Be a wise woman. Be careful, moms, who you allow your children to be friends with and bring into your home. Be wise on where you allow your children to go unsupervised. You, you know, there's, there's a saying my mom used to tell me, and I always hated it growing up, and especially I hated it in my teen years and going into my 20s before I got married. She, she'd always tell me these Ger German sayings. I'm like, Mom, that makes no sense. I don't even understand what you're saying. But I didn't say that. I thought that. And she, she had all these sayings, and there was one saying. She'd say it in German, and she says, well, it, it sounds better in German than it does in English. And I'm like, what did you just say? And so, but she says, you cannot see beyond a person's forehead. And I'm like, okay. In other words, only God knows the heart of a person. Only God knows the thoughts of a person. You know, we take, what does that mean? In American vernacular, it's like, well, we take people at face value. Okay? But she says, Susie, you cannot see beyond a person's forehead. So she says... You have to be smart. You have to protect yourself. You have to make right choices. You have to just not go along with anything and everybody. And so, moms, we just need to be wise on, for, on behalf of our children. And, and listen, as long as our children are living in our homes, we're responsible. We're responsible for them spiritually, we're responsible for them physically, and we are responsible for their souls. Mind, will, and emotions. That's a lot of responsibility, I know, but that's why God gave you children, so that you would raise them up and train them up in the way of the Lord. And it is not enough. It is not enough for them to be in church with you on Sunday and Wednesday nights and go to youth and be in St. Paul's even and be in, in, in this building six days a week if you do not do your jobs at home. You have to know who they're talking to, who they're listening to, what they're listening to, what music, what they're watching. You have to know who they're communicating with. And listen, if that is just too hard for you, then I'll tell you what you do. You go home today and you get everybody's cell phones and, and access to internet and you just smash it with a big old hammer and then you say, we're going to do this life old school. Or you learn how to do all that internet stuff, like my kids, and then they know exactly. You know, my husband, uh, we, we were blessed to pretty much, 
uh, till they, I think, got to college age. Our kids didn't have cell phones till they were in college. So, but my husband, boy, you know, he's like, I call him the, the Holy Ghost night stalker in our house. Because, you know, he would, he, you know, he wakes up 1 a.m., 1.30, and he thought, thinks, oh, I'm awake. He goes in his office, he starts working, gets on his computer. But then, while our kids were growing up in the home, he'd go and he'd get on their computers. They didn't have cell phones yet, but he'd get on their computers, and he knew everything that they were talking about or looking at or anybody that had been emailing or communicating. You have to know what's going on in your home. No excuses, no excuses. Like I said, if you're like me and that's too hard, just smash it all up with a hammer, throw the TV out on the sidewalk, and just do life old school. Eat dinner together, pray together, and go to bed. <laughs> I'm serious. It's too important. It's too important. It's too important. So she watches over the affairs of her household. You've got to be the watchdog. You've got to watch over the affairs of your household. And so you have to do your, your job. You can't act like, well, oh, golly gee whiz, I did everything, I, I, did everything I, I knew to do. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And listen, we've got, we've got things, and I, I pray for all of you parents because I know it's not easy. But when I see people even in my extended family who have raised children who are basically addicted to uh, the internet, they're addicted to uh, gaming, they're addicted to where they, they don't even like, they don't even like, they go into a weekend, they don't even shower for two days. They don't, they don't, they come out to eat maybe once or twice. That is so wrong because when you allow your child to get addicted to, to the internet and you let them get addicted to gaming, you are, you are raising a child who's going to be a young adult into their 20s and 30s or later and they won't even have a real life. It's like you have a ghost living in your home. That is not bringing them up according to the word of God and godly. And this is not in my notes, so this is all free. <laughs> she does not eat the bread of idleness. So we just have to do what we have to do. And when your kids, you know, go to college and you feel like, you know, oh, they're 18, 19, 20. So they're, they're adults. Well, they're, they're young adults, but they're not fully grown yet. Uh, Dr. James Dobson used to say that the brain was not fully developed in that area of judgment and reasoning until uh, a young adult was the age of 22, 23 years old. And so judgment and reasoning. And so that's why they still need you to be the parent. Moms, they need you to be the mom. They need you to text and call them. They need you to, to go and see them wherever they're at. They need you to know what's going on in their lives, even when they act like they don't. That's when they really need you. And so, no apology. I always used to say, I'm coming to see you. I know you're so excited. Okay, this is when I'm going to be there. And, and we, would, we would do it. Pastor, he, and he'd get on a plane, and, and Christina was up at Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri, working on her master's. We got her a little apartment close to the school because they didn't have on-campus housing for master degree students. And so he would go, he'd stay with her, and then he'd call her, text me, he was so proud of himself. Well, guess what? You won't believe what I just did. I did her laundry. I did her laundry, and she's going to be so surprised. I thought, wow, I'm surprised. <laughs> but, you know, so dad was there, and then mom was there, and then we were watching, and then we were listening, and then, you know, we, we needed to know what's going on in their lives because they're, 
you know what, even when they're 18, 19, 20, or 30, or 40, they're still going to be your children. They will always be your children. And, and then there comes that magic moment, and Pastor always said, your job's not done until your children are well-educated and well-married. So there you have it. That's, you know, and then after that, you taper off, you shake the hand of the, of the wife or the groom on the day of the wedding. For our son, we shook Jessica's hand and we said, God bless you, my child. <laughs> and, and, and Derek, our son-in-law, we said, thank you, Derek, because we knew, boy, God gave Christina somebody that could outmaneuver, outthink, and uh, know what's going on. Uh, we always used to call her the little detective because, you know, her dad couldn't find something. She could, so she'd say, oh, dad, it's up in your desk drawer over to the right under this. She knew everything. She's like a detective, but she married a detective. And uh, so now, there you have it. So their kids don't get away with anything. So I just get to be grandma with the kids and uh, sugar them up, send them home. I love it. I love it. I love it. And for all of you grandmas here this morning, yes, it is totally fine if when you give them their breakfast and they ask for ice cream, because ice cream is dairy and fat, it's very healthy, <laughs> and you just give them their ice cream next to their breakfast. Thank you. And I had done that, and I had gotten in trouble a few times, and then I thought, why do I feel guilty? I shouldn't feel guilty. That is a healthy dairy food. So, praise God. So, this woman of valor, she's courageous, she's strong, she's wise. And point number four, a woman of valor is righteous. Say righteous. righteous. She's righteous. She knows God and trusts in him and in his word. She knows God and trusts in him and in his word. She has the help of the Holy Spirit. And I can't emphasize that enough. Even when you don't, you know something's wrong with your spouse or someone you love or in the life of a child, you go to your knees and you pray. And you pray until the Lord gives you peace and direction and wisdom. You open the word, he will direct you to the right passage. And you'll just know, suddenly in your heart and your spirit, you'll know. And you'll know how to pray, and you'll know how to proceed, and you'll know how to act with that child or that spouse. She honors God with her life. She's blessed. She's blessed because she honors and respects the Lord in everything she does. So if there's ever a question, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I say this? Should I say that? What should I say? What should I do? Does, is what you're going to say and is what you're going to do, is it going to respect the Lord Jesus Christ? And if the answer is no, then that is obviously not the thing to say or do. And then go back to God until you know what to say or do that will respect the Lord your God. She respects the Lord in all she does. Proverbs 31, verses 28 to 31. Her children rise up, arise, and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. This woman of valor, 
she just does everything she knows to do. She does what's right. She takes good care of her children, her spouse, her home. And, you know, ladies, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. And I know in our culture, it's very popular to do everything we can to retard the aging process. But if uh, the folks in Hollywood are any example, you can kind of go to an extreme and the results are actually negative and not very positive. And I won't mention any names. But, uh, you know, if you're beautiful in your heart because of the presence of God and what you're allowing him to do in your heart and life, if you're beautiful in your heart and you're beautiful in your soul and your thoughts and in your emotions, making sure they flow out of your spirit and your heart and your relationship with God, and they're not like all over the board like a crazy, you know, woman uh, out of a horror flick, then uh, your aging will not diminish your beauty. Your aging will not diminish your beauty. I was with my mom for her 91st birthday in April, and, you know, unfortunately, she's got an eye that's bad now, and that's not very pretty. Uh, due to a bad infection and a surgery last year. But, you know, when she speaks, when she smiles, she's as beautiful as she was when she was young. It's who she is. It's her character. It it's, emanates from her heart. And so, you know, we look in the mirrors, ladies, and we see this sag, bag, wrinkle, flaw, you know, the hair, what to do with the hair. and uh, But you know what? If you keep your heart full of Jesus, full of the Lord, full of his Holy Spirit, and you keep your life lined up to him and his word, you'll be beautiful all the days of your life. It won't matter if you live to be 90 or 190. You'll be beautiful all the days of your life. Although I am looking forward to, I heard someone say many years ago, and I don't know if it's true because I don't think we actually have chapter and verse on this, but I heard someone say years ago that when we get to heaven, we're going to be like as old as Jesus was when he went to heaven. So, you know, I'm going to look like I did decades ago. So that, that's, that's okay. That's okay. But, you know, now actually, frankly, I say that, and to me that's kind of facetious because... Really now, as a grandmother, I don't care because the joy of my life is uh, in my children and grandchildren and seeing them grow and prosper, and I don't really care. I look in the mirror and, you know, I just see happy me, happy me. And that's what we ought to see, ladies, when we look in the mirror. We ought to just see that happy me. She is clothed with strength and dignity. In conclusion, our fifth point, she is clothed in strength and dignity. And Jesus said in the gospel, do you know, that we're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added to us. We're not to go running around like the pagans saying, you know, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Because he said the pagans run after all these things. We should be clothed, ladies, in, in strength and dignity. And that's why this passage, he calls this woman of valor the wife of noble character. Because it's her character, you see, that gives her that strength and dignity. 
She's clothed in strength and dignity. So be that woman of valor that God has created you to be, this woman of noble character, full of courage, full of strength, full of wisdom, and full of righteousness. And as we conclude, it was not in my notes, so I hope nobody upstairs freaks out. But as we conclude, I want to read a passage the Holy Spirit directed me to this morning. And it is in 2 Samuel chapter 22, and it's David's song of praise. Because as I was reading these verses in my prayer time this morning, it seemed to line up with this Proverbs 31 wife. Because... Uh, in this song of praise, we see a lot of these verses and other psalms that David wrote, his songs of praise to the Lord. But I just felt like I was to read this passage in conclusion today. David's song of praise, 2 Samuel chapter 22. If you have a Bible, you can look there or just listen. David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my savior. From violent men you save me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled about me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the heavens shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered the enemies. Bolts of lightning and routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord. At the blast of breath from his nostrils, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. How many of you would say, Pastor Sue, there were times in my life and the Lord drew me out of deep waters? He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. How many of you can say with me this morning, the Lord is my support? He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Did you know he delights in you today? He delights in us. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has rewarded me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil by turning from God, from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. 
To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. You are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield who to all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. Moms, it is God who arms us with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory. You stoop down to make me great. You broaden the path beneath me so that my ankles do not turn. I know, mothers, that sometimes you, there's great weariness and great tiredness, and you feel like you have no strength, but God will renew your strength. If you look to the Lord, he'll renew your strength, and he'll broaden that path beneath you. In verse 38, he says, and sang unto the Lord, I pursued my enemies and crushed them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them completely and they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You made my adversaries bow at my feet. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight and I destroyed my foes. Listen, moms, if the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says that the Lord will raise up a standard against the enemy, but the standard he raises up is going to be in you and in your heart and in your words and what you do and what you say to your children and to your family you've got to let God work in you and through you just like David saw God work in and work through him they cried for help but there was no one to save them to the Lord but he did not answer because I David says about his enemies I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth I pounded and trampled them like mud in the streets you have delivered me from the attacks of my people. You have preserved me as the head of nations. People I did not know are subject to me, and foreigners come cringing to me. As soon as they hear me, they obey me. They lose all heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. If your children are not doing right, you pray and you seek God, and you speak the word of God until your children come trembling before you. They're not your enemies. But until they come trembling before you, willing to do what your word says they should do, do. The Lord lives. Praise be to the rock, my God. Exalted be God, the rock, my Savior. He is the God who avenges me, who puts the nations under me, who sets me free from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes from violent men. You rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, O Lord. I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. So happy Mother's Day, ladies. Happy Mother's Day. Let's all stand this morning. Let's give the Holy Spirit a little time here this morning. As heads are bowed, Let's have a little time of prayer here. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving each one of us just the encouragement we needed, just the strength we needed, just the courage we needed today to go forth. Perhaps some of us 
It's idyllic, our life right now. We're not facing any challenges, and we thank you and praise you for that. But for anyone here this morning, and you would say, Pastor Sue, I would love to know God this way. I would, be, I would love to have that sureness that I've heard this morning that I can have in my heart, that Jesus is with me and in me and working for me and through me. And so if you're here this morning, as heads are bowed, if you have never prayed a prayer, making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, if you'd like to do that this morning, just raise your hand where you're standing and we're gonna have a time of prayer here in just a moment. And perhaps you've prayed that prayer in times past, but life and, and choices and circumstances have gotten you off course. And you'd say, Pastor Sue, I, I want a prayer of prayer, recommitting my life to the Lord this morning because I haven't really been walking with him and I know it. And I want to turn my life around today. On Mother's Day 2023, I want to turn my life around and start living my life wholeheartedly with Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, and if you raise your hand, then we're going to just have a moment to pray together. Anyone at all here this morning? Well, Father, you see these good people. You see them. You see the moms, the dads. You see the young people. You see the children. Father, I ask you that you would bless them, that you would bless them, that you would strengthen them, that you would make their arms strong for their task, that you would help them to love like you love and to have wisdom like you have wisdom and to do what you would have them do, to be a blessing, not only to their spouses and children, but be, to be a blessing to their own lives. And if there are those here and you'd say, Pastor Sue, I'm single and uh, I, I am lonely. I wanna tell you this morning, if you are single, you are never to be lonely. You are to have Jesus Christ at the center of your life and you should have him there with you because he is there with you, you should talk to him day and night. And he will be your counselor and he will be your comforter. That's what the Bible says the Holy Spirit does in our hearts and lives. And for the sake of those that may be watching this at any time in the future, let's pray this prayer of commitment for their sakes and for any here that may have been a little shy to raise their hand. Let's pray together. Pray after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you my life. I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. And I thank you that your word says that when I repent, you do forgive me and you remove my sins from me as far as the east is from the west. And I thank you. I receive that. I receive forgiveness of sins. And I commit myself, Lord, to live for you to read your word, to pray, to go to your church, to hear the Bible preached. And I commit myself to do what your word says to do. And I receive you, Holy Spirit. I ask that you come into my heart. Fill me with your gift of speaking in other tongues. Be my counselor, be my comforter. And I'll look to you for guidance and direction. And I thank you for this gift of new life, new life in Jesus Christ. And everyone said,
Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and you've committed your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, there's going to be address and information on the screen. If you let us know of your testimony and your commitment, we'd love to send you pastor's book, God's Very Own Child. And if you like a Bible, if you don't have a Bible to read and you'd like us to send you one, we'll do that as well.